Hi, my name is Paul and I'm a member with Restored Church. If you're new, we want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. We believe that the church is not an event, but a family that you belong to, so we'd love the opportunity to connect with you. If you want to learn more about our church or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, restoredtemecula.church, and click on Contact. We also have a mobile app with resources, including our Sunday messages, information about upcoming events, and other ways to connect. You can download our app on Apple or Android app stores. With all that said, we hope you enjoy the message. This is working. Um, thank you guys for that. I genuinely feel so thankful and grateful to not only be able to use this gifting, but to be able to fail in front of you if need be. <laughs> um, not in a... I mean that in a, there's like comfort in the fact that we're family. So I can get up here and work out the giftings that the Lord has given me without worry. Like there's freedom in that. So I thank you for that um, because you are my family and that changes everything about this situation. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you this morning about the Holy Spirit. First, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. I am known to be an overachiever a little bit. I was thinking about this last week. When I was in sixth grade, we had to make a diorama, like a Mesopotamia diorama. And the rules were use a shoebox. Check. Okay. I used a refrigerator box. I made a six-story Mesopotamia diorama out of a refrigerator box. <laughs> I stayed up till two in the morning and I was so tired the next morning that my mom, she was like, you're not going to school. I'm not turning in this refrigerator box. And I stood, she's like, you're staying home. So that is kind of like giving background. I, I tend to want to overperform. I'm a singer as well, so there's a, there's a temptation to want to perform. So when I was getting ready for this message as an overachiever, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours of time reading and going through scripture and reading through commentary. And I had 14 pages of notes. <clears throat> I sat down multiple times to write this teaching and every single time, I felt like this isn't right. Going in the trash. This is going in the trash. So third time I sat down to write this, I was nearly in tears. And I'm going to read you something I wrote in my journal that day. This is about a week and a half ago. Am I to be made a fool? This is the third time I'm starting over on this teaching. You didn't wake me up in the middle of the night last night like you would normally do. The 3 a.m. revelatory hour. That's, I, you know, it's, I don't know if it's because you're like half awake, half asleep, but I feel like that's the time where you're just like, that's it. I solved the world. <laughs> but that didn't happen this time, which it normally does. Instead, I woke up blissfully rested at 6 a.m. I meandered throughout my morning trying to force thoughts and examples to come, but silence. I forced myself to go on a walk, thinking that maybe that would bring some clarity. It did not. It felt wordless and silence was ever present. 
just the swirling of the same thoughts that have no direction or anchor. So I'm currently on the floor of my bedroom with my laptop in hand crying because I can't seem to focus in on what you are wanting to say. My head is filled with pages and pages of scripture and quotes from commentaries and books, but it is all meaningless if you are not in it. So I reached out for prayer, but that only confirmed what I feared most, which was, are you really going to ask me to go in blind? Without a plan, without direction, am I to be made a fool? That was my final question to the Lord that afternoon. That night I laid in bed and I was reading from a book and there was this passage. It's because you come here in weakness and cannot minister or move out of your usual experience that I want you here. You have nothing to give, so you have to be abandoned to me. It is your helplessness that I want. And I instantly knew, okay. (laughs) That's the entire message today. So dependence requires weakness, abandonment, helplessness. To put it more eloquently, Matthew 18:3 says, "Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven." And in Mark 10:15 it uses the verbiage, "Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it." A little child. So what age would you consider a little child to be? You talk to me. Five, two, two, three. Okay, so let's say between two and five. What are some ways that a two to five-year-old is weak? You would consider to be weak. Can't tie their shoes. shoes. Preparing Preparing food. Emotionally unstable. unstable. Forevermore, yep, (laughs) forevermore. (laughs) Um, What about abandoned? In what ways do they show abandonment? When they want something, they want it. When they want something, they they want it completely right now. Like maybe jumping off playground equipment that they should not be jumping off of. Um, What about helplessness? They do not know how to go to the bathroom by themselves. That felt like the longest season. Okay, so do we expect that kind of behavior from a child? Absolutely. Is there, do we give them grace for that kind of behavior? Absolutely. What role does the parent play in coming alongside those very understandable inherited qualities? It's a gracious role. Right? Every time they need their diaper changed, I'm not looking at them and saying, why? Do it yourself. Like, it's just inherited. No, I need to change your diaper. It's a joy most of the time to be able to change your diaper or to take care of you or to help you down the slide, whatever that looks like. In Luke 11:13. Jesus said, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if I, as a parent, know how to come alongside my kids and strengthen them when they are weak, open a jar of pickles when they can't do it on their own, stand behind them as they climb down the playground, thingamajig, um, or change their diaper because they're unable to change it themselves, how much more of a good gift is the father going to give us? Because he's extravagantly more of a better parent than I am. So he says, because I'm extravagant in the way that I give, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 7, he says, Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Do you know why God hates sin so much? Because it robs him of what he loves most, which is you. Sin robs him of you. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before Christ, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who was that joy? It was you, Sienna. It was you. It was you. You are his joy. And he willingly sacrificed his life. Have you guys watched The Chosen? Any Chosen fans? That forevermore, it's blowing my mind. Jesus has never been more real to me than through that show. I'm, I'm really grateful. There was an episode recently where it showed him walking through town and there were crucifixions happening. And he's watching a crucifixion happening. And you like see them, they zoom in on his face and he just is kind of like that knowing that's where I'm going. This is why I'm here. I'm going to this place. And he continued through his ministry for you and for me, for the joy set before him. So he died on the cross, rose again. He now has us. And he says, but I'm going to leave you. (laughs) What? Somebody that loves me that much because it's better for you, he says. It is better that I go away. So in essence, he's saying, you are the most precious relationship to me. Your face, you with me forever, is what kept my gaze toward the cross. Because I could not stand the thought of not being with you. My love for you, it cannot be measured. There are no human scales that can contain it, nor apprehend its height or depth. And out of this immense love is the knowing that it is better for you, the one that I did all of this for, if I leave so that the counselor will come. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is essential It's essential because it is the overflow of love displayed on the cross. It is part of that gift that we get from the cross. 
Without him, without the Holy Spirit, I am solely left to operate in my own strength, which leaves me up at two in the morning working on a refrigerator box or on the floor with my laptop trying to put together a message or standing on stage singing something and then I sing it in the wrong key in front of lots of people and it's a joke forever, forevermore. What song was that? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Started in the wrong key and now I can never sing it again. So who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? We are told in scripture, and I'm just gonna go through these very quickly because we literally could spend an entire series on the Holy Spirit, so just buckle up. So he is the counselor, one that comforts and understands me when no one else does. This is all from scripture. He is the holder and the keeper of all truth. He himself teaches me about all things, He consistently reminds me of everything that Jesus has told me through his word. He searches the depths of my heart and and mind. He even has access and permission to search and know the mind of God. He has access to the mind of God. He pours out the love of God in my heart, giving me a chance to not just know it, but more importantly, to experience it. He provides me with inner strength when there seems to not be much left to give. He helps me in my weakness. He intercedes for me with wordless groanings, literally going before the Father. And I can use that word literally because it's literally he goes before the Father. The God of the universe on my behalf, he's the source of power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And he gives me access to that power. He is always with me. He is Christ living inside of me. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit is Christ living inside of me. John 14, 16 through 20 says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Where is he? In you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father. You are in me and I am in you. How is that possible? Something I've, I've been um, mulling over a lot lately, mainly because I keep getting wonderful texts from people that say, I just feel like God wants you to know that he's with you. In me and all my rebelliousness, I'm thinking, I know that. Why do you keep telling me that? I know that he's with me. Why does it have to continue being said? And then I went to the Lord and I'm like, I know you're with me. He's like, but do you? I'm like, I think so. So I've been mulling over. What does this mean? God with me. I went on a little retreat by myself recently. I told my husband, I need some time 
just by myself and with Jesus. I was just craving some time with Jesus. And during this retreat, it was very hard, overachiever, to not put the pressure on myself of this needs to look like this. I need to walk away with this type of revelation. And I hope he answers me in this way. No, it was a lot of just sitting awkwardly, very awkwardly, pretending that he was sitting in a chair next to me while I overlooked a vineyard for four hours. I didn't read. I wouldn't let myself write. I just sat there. Do you want some wine? I don't know. <laughs> just gonna... <laughs> Until it just to be with him. I just wanted to be with him, whatever that looked like. By the end of the trip, I walked away from that hotel room and he was like, how do you feel? Feel good. Why did, why did you want me to do that? He's like, because you got to be with me. I'm like, yeah, but there was nothing that was extraordinary. Like, I thought you were going to give me a revelation that was going to change my next season. Like, give me vision for what's coming up ahead. He's like, but how do you feel? I'm like, I feel really loved. Why? I don't know. Like, I just feel like you were with me. He's like, exactly. That's why I wanted you to get away. I wanted you to experience me being with you. Because I'm with you. Lisa, what did you do yesterday? Stay in bed. Stay in bed. Okay, he was with you when you were gardening. Sue, what'd you do yesterday? Oh, it's the worst. I hate cleaning bathrooms. But he was with you. As you're cleaning the bathroom, on your hands and knees, cleaning the tub, he's with you. Marshall, what'd you do yesterday? Ran some errands. Kind of errands. <laughs> You did. You got a pot for your plant. He was with you in Home Goods. Were you at Home Goods? Yes, you were. He was with you in Home Goods. To be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with Christ, which means we are never alone. Never. Whether you see him at work is irrelevant to the fact of God's presence in our world, whether you see it or recognize it. Uh, Kylo, as you guys heard last week, my husband got in an accident last week. And something that he keeps mulling over is it was a terrible accident. And when people see the pictures, then they're like, oh, that really was bad. Like, how is he walking? How did he walk away? And something, I asked if I could share this, something he was struggling with was the fact that you have this bad accident, but then you walk away for the second time. This is his second accident in a year like that. He got T-boned the first time. Somebody ran a red light. So he's walked away from both accidents. So there's this um, mental game. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but a mental game of, well, was that really that serious of an accident if I just walked away? Could God have really been at work in that situation? Could it have really been worse? Or was was this just the, the cards that got dealt? 
He is actively and intimately involved in the affairs of this world. I heard this last week, um, the example of miracles. So if an apple falls from a tree, the law of gravity states that it falls, right? A miracle would be God sticking out his hand and catching the apple. It no longer falls to the ground. So he is inserting himself into the law of nature, into the law of gravity. Apple doesn't fall. How many times do you think that has happened without us even realizing it? My mom was just telling me a couple weeks ago, she's getting ready to share her story soon in her GC, which is exciting. Um, But she was telling me that the Lord revealed to her protection in middle school. He showed her a group of people, like he brought back this entire scene where she was going out to PE where a group of friends, actually, were they even your friends? Yes, they were your friends. Called her out and said, she's on our team. And at the time, my mom didn't think anything of that. But the spirit revealed to her a couple weeks ago, that was me protecting you from this other group of friends that were looking to harm you. She was bullied. How many of those things happen without us even knowing it? That's what I'm most excited to get to heaven to see. (laughs) How many things did you really intervene that I had no clue about? Anyway, so I'm spending too much time on that. Role of the Holy Spirit is to bring God's presence. uh, I'm sorry. The role of the Holy Spirit is not to bring God's presence to the world, but to reveal it. He is in you, fully in you. You can't have more of him because he's fully in you. But his role now is to actually reveal it, to show you. All right, Ephesians 3, 15 through 17. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Through what? Unlimited resources. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. In 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, it says his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them, you may share in the divine nature. Divine nature we get to share in. Escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Okay, so power in its original context in that verse, in Second Peter, it implies an achieving power, one that must be experienced. So I got this picture. I'm throwing a banquet or a party. And the Holy Spirit is with me. And he says, Andrea, do you want help? No, I'm good. I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm good. So I'm running around trying to throw this party on my own. He is a master chef. He could whip up something absolutely delectable in moments. And I'm running around because I can't get my deviled eggs done. 
Andrea, can I help you? Yeah, can you go wash dishes? Washing dishes would be a really great help, but I can help you make the meal. No, I got it, I got it, I got it. As I prayed about what direction to take this message, all I kept hearing was, I want them to know me. 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 Do you know what is almost impossible to do? Depend on a complete stranger. One who you don't know anything about. You'll be self-aware most of the time. You'll be self-protected. And worst of all, in the context of the Holy Spirit, you'll be completely unaware of the gifts and the power that is reserved for you in him. How can we depend upon somebody that we do not know? More often than not, then we don't even acknowledge. I was thinking about this in marriage. I make a covenant to this person for the rest of my life. Do I then no longer try and get to know him? Do I no longer engage in a relationship with him? It says The Bible says two become one. So we're now one, but I no longer get to engage with him. Or do I continue to reveal more of myself to him? Does he continue to reveal more of himself to me? What is going to be the working relationship? <laughs> it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says that he has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. Down payment of what? Jesus, being in the presence of Jesus in heaven for eternity. The Holy Spirit is our down payment. The best is yet to come. And the only way to experience the best on this side of heaven is moment by moment with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. That is our best to come now. Does he have access to your heart? Does he have access to you as a person in a relationship? So let's get to know him. Um, I'm going to focus on a few ways our relationship with him plays out in the context of who we are. So... If we are disciples of Jesus who are learning to enjoy, obey, and operate like him in every area of life, and to teach others to do the same, how does the Holy Spirit play into each of those roles? So number one, the Spirit empowers me to enjoy Christ. I remember the first time I heard that phrase, enjoy Christ, and I was like, yeah, of course I enjoy him. I love him. And then he was like, I know you love me, but I feel like you love doing things for me more than you actually want to be with me. I'm like, what does that even mean? So three years ago, when we first started coming to Restored, uh, I was, I spent a lot of years doing a lot of things for the Lord. My calendar was filled with things that I would do, good things 
that I would do for the Lord. I came to Restored, and it was a time of rest. But in that, it was also a time of tearing down that identity of I am what I do, not I am who you say that I am. And one of the questions he had for me was, Andrea, if I never asked you to do one more thing for me ever again, would you be satisfied with just being in relationship with me? If I never asked you to get up on stage and do worship again, if I, if I asked you to never teach again, if I asked you to never go to one more Bible study again, would you be content with just being in relationship with me? And my answer was no. I wouldn't because that's, what are you, are you taking away my gifts? Does, is that what that means? He's like, no, I need you to understand that I want you more than I want what you do. Forevermore. I use that word a lot this morning, huh? I never use that word. That's so weird. But that's today. The one who is spirit-filled is not looking to escape life, but Jesus himself is life. He's home. He's my home. You cannot enjoy Christ unless the Holy Spirit is making Christ known to you. In, second, I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it even goes as far to say that no one can say, you can't even say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says, this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Poured out, it's a lavish outpouring to the point of overflowing that is how I know that I am loved. It's the Spirit's work. He is the one overflowing the love of Christ in my heart for me to experience. Looking back at Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 17, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience, I love that he says, may you understand, but also may you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So as I surrender to the love that the Spirit is pouring out in my heart, I will experience that same love in greater capacity. So I surrender to the love, I experience it even more. I surrender to it, I experience it even more. I think about uh, plants. I'm a plant person. Uh, a lot of times I'll get calls from friends and they'll say, what's wrong with my plant? Why does it look like this? Or why is it dying? Or I look at my own plants that are often neglected, though I give great advice about other people's plants. More often than not, they need a, a change of environment. So they've outgrown their pot. They're root bound. So they need to be placed into a bigger pot. Sometimes they're getting too much sun. They're getting direct light. It's burning their leaves. So they need to be changed into a different spot. 
different environment. Bye, Owen. <laughs> Bye. Um, so, <laughs> I should have done that. A plant being transplanted. Um, so as you move them into a new environment, so if, if I'm repotting a plant, I'm taking out the soil from its roots, I'm putting it into a pot that has more soil, it has more time and more room to grow. There's gonna be a time period where that, the roots have to re-anchor, right? They have to re-anchor themselves to the soil. That is that picture of love. Like that is, when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, he's changing the environment for us. We are now becoming a new environment. So we get to re-anchor into that environment. And as we re-anchor, more love. We experience more love. And we re-anchor and we experience more love. So what happens when I actually grab a hold of and cling to this radical love that he wants to immerse me in? I willingly do anything that he asks me to do. Because the love that he pours out meets me in my sin and I know it and I can feel it, but it's not content to leave me there. That's the key. He loves me so much, no matter what state I'm in, but he's not content to leave me there. So the spirit will reveal areas that need to be surrendered. He'll reveal areas that we need to move into with greater courage. I even heard it said that grief is the spirit searching for the hurt that remains. Grief is the spirit searching for the hurt that remains. There is no part of you that will be left untouched. That is the prayer. That is the hope. Not one part of you. This is a love that we can be surrendered to, that we can depend on. It does not mean that we get more of the spirit. It means that the spirit gets more of us. More control over our lives. I, there's a worship song that's been in my head for weeks and uh, I've had a problem with it now because I'm thinking about this message and I'm like, uh, it's like an old song, like I want more, more of you, which is not bad. I, I sing that and I say that often, but now I'm like, but I have all of you, but you don't have all of me. That's the problem. We aren't receiving something we are receiving someone. The Holy Spirit is someone. He's not something. Do you know this someone? I, this last week, Monday night, uh, we had a time of prayer for Kylo, which was, and myself, which was amazing. Friends coming around and encouraging us and praying over us. And the next morning, about an hour after I woke up, I was doubled over in excruciating pain. I have no idea what it was. I don't know where it came from, but 
so much pain. I'm bawling. He's like, do we need to go to ER? I'm like, don't talk to me. Just go. So I'm laying there in bed, just like rocking back and forth, praying like, Lord, what is this? Please take it away. About a half an hour later, I turned on worship music and I'm just like, And he tells me in that moment, my eyes are closed and he sings over me, you've never been more loved than you are right now. As I am weak, I have nothing to offer. I'm literally, I'm dying in pain. And he tells me, you've never been more loved than you are right now. Thank you, Spirit, for that work. That's why I can stand up here this morning, not because of anything that I have to give, but because I've never been more loved at my worst and at my best. Two, the Spirit empowers me to obey. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. It's so annoying. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And in verse 25, it says, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. David De Silva gave this definition for the flesh. It is the sum total of impulses, urges, desires that lead human beings away from virtue toward self-promotion, self-gratification, self, 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 at the expense and the interest and well-being of others. So in short, the flesh is all about self-gratification. The spirit is about others' orientation. No wonder there's such a war going on inside of us. The spirit takes Christ's work on the cross and through the resurrection and brings that work to bear upon our lives. Thus completing the work of salvation, making us more like Christ. I love this idea of walking. Trenton, it's your time. Come forth. I told him I was going to call him up. He's like, no, you're not. I'm like, oh, yes, I am. I sure am, buddy. So walking. I love walking. Give him a hand. Give Trenton a hand. I love you. I love walking. I hate running. Running is terrible. Um, Sarah Rustler asked me one time to run with her and I said, absolutely, if you pull me on your skateboard, I will go running with you. (laughs) But I love walking because it's without strife. Walking is without strife. It's a very relaxing, normal movement. Walk with me. Okay, so we're walking. Can I have a conversation with him when we're walking together? Can you hear what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Now walk ahead of me. Is it hard to be in relationship with somebody when I'm walking behind them? Okay. 
Now you walk. Yeah, you walk. What about if I'm walking in front of him? Can I have a legitimate conversation with him if I'm walking in front of him? No. Thank you. You did so good. (laughs) That is walking with the Spirit. It's walking with him. You can't be in front of him. You can't be behind him. You're walking with him. You're having conversation with him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love it. See, walker. Walker for life. (laughs) If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. So the law was the temporary reality of God's redemptive story. The law was given as a way to try and have communion with the Lord, right? But now through Jesus, he fulfilled the law. So there's a new reality that we can enter into obedience and relationship with God in Jesus through the power of the Spirit. So if it is no longer law that bridles my sinful impulses, what is going to help bridle those impulses? The empowerment of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18 says, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Okay, bride, veil, lift it up. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, right? Nothing is blocking our view. Are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I loved this picture. We can pull down the shades and shut out the sun but we can never turn the sun's light into darkness, right? We can hide from the sun, we can try and block it out, but we can never make the sun go dark. When the shades go up, the sun is still shining. And when we turn to God, his all-compassionate love is waiting to stream into our life. That is the veil being removed. We see God for who he is. The spirit continues to reveal Christ for who he is. Henry Nouwen said, we are now set free to live in a dark world while remaining in the light. That's the greatest gift. Liberation, freedom. I'm liberated from the things that bring death, from the ways I look for satisfaction and validation. I don't need them anymore. I'm liberated from the striving. I'm liberated from darkness. I'm freed from ruling myself because I'm the worst ruler so that I can actually properly engage with the world around me with open hands because I'm not expecting anything from them now. I'm not expecting anything from the world because my satisfaction comes from him. I'm freed, I'm freed from those chains. It's no longer the freedom to do what I want to do, but rather the freedom to be led by the Spirit 
and to do what he wants me to do. Is there anything in your life that if the spirit asked you to do this, that you would say no? I won't call on anyone to give me an example. (laughs) But may I propose that that is the exact thing that he wants you to experience freedom in? Is that exact thing? That thing that you're like, if you ask me to do that, I am... I'm just going to flat out tell you no. Congratulations. He's coming for you. (laughs) Because he wants to bring freedom. He didn't die on the cross just so that you could continue living in chains. He wants you to experience the abundant life. He wants you to experience part of eternity now. So that has been my prayer. Freedom. For you, for me, for us as a family. Sometimes obedience is simply saying yes. Yes. I'm incredibly excited for you guys to get to meet Maria. We got to meet her a couple months ago and I walked away genuinely forever changed by some of the things that she shared. And I'm just tangent because I have a mic so I can say it. (laughs) Give love is so important. I will never get over the fact that complete strangers gave of their own money a year and a half before I ever stepped in to Restored, gave of their own money for me before I even knew that I needed this place, that I needed this family. And we get to do that for somebody else? Are you kidding me? Like, what a privilege, what an honor. That aside... Maria just said, yes. Yes, I will go to India. Yes, I will fly back home and go to this place restored that I met that person weeks prior. Yes, I'll go back to India. I'll set a table for these people. I'll invite them into my home. Yes. Sometimes obedience is simply saying yes. Number three, the Spirit empowers me to operate like Jesus in every area of my life. I'm going to go through scriptures real quick. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. What did they receive? Power, Okay. Acts 2.4, then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 1 Corinthians 12.4-7, now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Manifestation. That is the outworking, the physical outworking of the Spirit. 
If we function according to our ability alone, we get the glory, right? If we function according to the power of the Spirit within us, God gets the glory. He wants to reveal himself to a watching world. He does not want to reveal Andrea. Because again, refrigerator box is what you get. Spiritual gifts without the Spirit is just the display of natural talent. I'm going to say that again. Spiritual gifts without the Spirit is just the display of natural talent. What use is that? What use does that have in the kingdom of God? And the problem with natural talent is as a wise jazz instructor once said, you are only as good as your last solo. That is why we have one hit wonders. They're only as good as their last solo. If that is your benchmark, you are never going to hit that. You are constantly going to be striving for the next big hit. Coldplay. <laughs> They'll never listen to this, it's fine. <laughs> Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So I'm hypoglycemic, which means if uh, my blood sugar gets really low, I get extremely weak, fainty, disoriented, super fun. When that happens, I need to sit down immediately or I can faint. Where's a chair? Okay. I believe that that chair will hold me. Do you believe that chair will hold me? Okay. Faith would be actually sitting in this chair. I can believe that the chair is going to hold me, but until I actually sit in it, am I doing anything to help the chair right now? No. I, all my weight is on this chair. That is faith. Faith is putting all of your weight onto something. So if I want to depend upon the Holy Spirit, what is that going to require? Not just me saying, I believe that you're with me. Faith in action. No, it's putting my weight on him. My full weight, which means I... I help in no ways. <laughs> I don't help this chair hold me up in any way. I literally just sit in it. 
The chair does the work. That is the dependence on the Holy Spirit. I put my weight on him. That was me sitting on the floor with a laptop in hand, crying. I finally came to the point where I said, okay, if you don't give me words, I will still go up there. I'll still go up there and just pray to God that you give me something to say. (laughs) What is stopping you from putting your full weight upon the Spirit? What is keeping you from being dependent? Thankfully, this is a quote from uh, an article, same article that the jazz quote came from. Thankfully, Christianity is not a craft to be proficient in, but good news to receive. Every accomplishment, every good solo is an echo of what God accomplished in Jesus Christ through the power of his spirit. While the effects of your accomplishments may only go so far, the purpose of his accomplishment is eternal. When we are given the grace to know and to trust in the one needful thing, which is Christ crucified and resurrected, We are free to forget everything else and just wail. We can just get up here and play our saxophones. He deeply desires for you to know him. He deeply desires for you to bring everything to him, everything. He wants to be with you. All right, let's pray. Come on, sweet girl. You're good. All right. Jesus, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for Eva Rose being able to walk out here knowing that she is safe and that she has people in here that love her. I thank you for your spirit. Thank you for being present with us. I ask for radical freedom, Lord. For an outpouring of your love that is so incredibly tangible in ways that we weren't even expecting your love to be outpoured on us, in us, and through us. I pray that that would happen at this very moment. Cover us with your love. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well done, sis. Thank you. I'm going to leave that chair there for the rest of the gathering. It's appropriate. Serious. How are we doing? Okay. Go ahead and stand with me if you're able.
Will you guys throw up that, that passage of scripture again? 2 Corinthians 3.16, when you get a chance. I mean, so many profound things, Dre. Thank you. Um, are we going to be a dependent people or not? Like Dre talked about, like belief is like just talking about, you guys could be able to like walk away from her talk, walk away from this morning. And even if you were able to like regurgitate her outline where like the head knowledge is so there, but your, 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 your behavior doesn't follow in suit. You don't actually sit in the chair, you know? Like we actually don't value depending on the spirit of God. Talk about values in practice, not just values in paper. And it requires each of us as individuals. You guys, verse 16, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Whenever. So whether you're a Christian in the room or you're not yet a Christian in the room, like whenever a person turns to the Lord, there's a stipulation there every single time. For every Christian in the room, it literally, Dre talked about this, the spirit of God is in you. All of him. All of him. I loved how you talked about like wanting more of him and stuff. If you're a Christian, the spirit of God's in you. You already have all of him. Here's the question that I really want for us to answer and I want for you to like apply and, 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 and walk in more throughout your, the rest of your day and hopefully the rest of your life. You, if you're a Christian, you have all of them. If you're not a Christian, like whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Like turn to him. The veil will be removed. He will make his home in you. You'll have full access to all of him. If you're a Christian, you have all of him. Here's my, my question for you. And it's the question that I've been, I'm just so convicted of in my heart. Does he have all of you? Does he have all of you? And maybe a better way to put it is, are there things in your life that he does not have access to? Are there things in, his, in your life where you're like, no, you can't touch this. MC Hammer, you can't touch this. Like, are there? Maybe you don't even know about it. I was sitting here and I'm thinking like, some of you just need to weep in the presence of God because you won't, you refuse to bring your grief to him. You don't want to experience pain. It's off limits. That's in the closet. It's tucked away. It's locked. It's no, 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 no. If you're a Christian, you have all of him. Does he have all of you? Are you dependent on the spirit? If he doesn't have all of you, do you know what that means? That means you're dependent on something else. I can't speak for you. I don't want to be that kind of man. Like I, I'm gonna rhyme. I'm taking a stand. Like I don't want to be the kind of man that leaves that things are off limits to my Creator. I want Him to have all of me. Why? Because He's given Him all of Himself to me. I love mornings like this where we get to we get to experience fresh spiritual gifts. Listen to me, Andrea and the band and Herrick. And they're not the only ones with spiritual gifts. You know who else has spiritual gifts in this room? Every single one of you filled with God's spirit. Every single one of you has access to all of him. And maybe just maybe he wants to teach us 
I'm gonna make it personal. Maybe just maybe he wants to teach you about who you really are and how he really created you to operate. So here's what I feel like God wants for us this morning, for the rest of our time. Band's gonna serve us using some of their spiritual gifts. And as they do this, I wanna invite you in your soul to give parts of yourself to God that maybe you haven't given him in a little while. And maybe, maybe your pace through life, maybe you know her walking illustration, maybe you're not walking ahead, maybe you're sprinting out ahead. So you have no concept right now. You're like, I don't even know parts of my life that are off. I'm just so, I think there are. I'm not denying it, but I don't even know. Maybe, just maybe, this is the moment that God has for each of us to get a pulse and to stop. Let the Spirit of God catch up and teach us, counsel us, encourage us into who He is and who we truly are. Because listen, if we are those kinds of people, if we pause long enough, if we don't look to the next thing to take the edge off in life, but if we look to the one who created us and knows us better than anyone and we let him inform our, the deepest parts of our soul, if we're dependent on him instead of reliant on self, we will live the life that God created us to live and it will be spectacular. And I guarantee you, your imagination can't even come up with what it will look like 10 years from now. Let's just see what happens. Let's just enjoy his presence. Will you guys just minister to us with music however you want to? Whether it's a prepared song, whether it's not, will you just bless us? There's no rules right now other than honoring him. Let's press in. Let's depend on him. Let the spirit catch up to us and identify the areas in our lives where we maybe left some things off limits to him. Okay? I'll be up in a bit and we'll close, but we've got about, I don't know, 10 minutes. Okay? Love you guys. different realms, okay? The overlap of the spiritual realm and the overlap of the physical realm is mysterious, but it's real. And God in his kindness is consistently giving us invitations and opportunities to act in faith. And something profound happens when the spiritual and the physical when there's faith and operation in both. And so here's what I want to give you the opportunity to do as we close. And for some of you, you're going to be this is kind of stupid and weird. That's fine. There's a chair right behind you. And there are no doubt in some of your minds and in some of your hearts, there are things that the Spirit has brought to your mind of things where you are operating and you're valuing self-reliance, where there's things in your life 
that are off limits. You haven't given all of yourself to him. And so what I want to invite you to do is I want to invite you to take an opportunity to let the spiritual and the physical realms overlap and for the kingdom of God to take ground in a simple action. And here's what your action is. Oh, and only do this if you are like, if your heart is in it. Don't do it because other people around you do it. Don't, don't look around at anybody else for not doing it, okay? This is important. The thing that's on the forefront of your mind, the spirit, for those of you that, have, that, that the spirit's done this already, that he's brought to mind something in your life that has been off limits and you're like, I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to depend on the spirit. I want to offer all of myself to him. And for some of you, that's going to be undoing some things. And that's good. That's great. There's grace. That's the whole point. It's, that's repentance. Repentance is I'm going this way and it's not the way of God and going, nope, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going a different direction. There's grace for that. This is a really safe community, by the way. It's filled with a bunch of people who mess up all the time that are constantly repenting, making mistakes and going, oh no, crap, I screwed up. Like I want, I want God's way. For the thing that the Spirit has brought to your, the forefront of your mind, the things that's been off limits, the things that he's calling you to repentance to, I want to invite you as as you have that in the forefront of your mind to surrender it to the Lord and to take a seat in the chair right behind you. There's something profound about the physical and the spiritual and how they overlap. And when faith, when the, when the ingredient of trust is in both, God's kingdom is ruling and reigning. So that's the opportunity before you. So what I want to do is I want to give you that opportunity. Only do it if you're ready to surrender it to the Lord. If you're actually ready to repent, you're actually, you're inviting him into more, into every area of your life. The act of faith is to sit in the chair behind you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray over, our, over the room right now to close. And for those of you that want to take that step of faith, I encourage you to do that. And for those of you that aren't ready to, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to talk to you. But I'm going to pray over us. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you just for the sake of respecting people with where they're at and so that people don't get freaked out about trying to perform for others. Just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Spirit, thank you for leading us this morning. For those that you are stirring up faith in them to take a seat, to rest on you, to put all of their full weight on you, I praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for honoring what you said you were going to do this morning, displaying the wonders of your faithful love. Holy Spirit, will you make us a dependent people? A people who are so keenly aware of our weaknesses that because of your spirit in us and our awareness and our faith and trust in you, our strength is unparalleled because we have access to you, the strong one, the mighty one, the king of the universe. Our request is that you would make us a dependent people interdependent on each other and fully dependent on your spirit inside of us. I pray for anybody in the room who has not fully received you and your grace and in your mercy and you haven't even filled them with your spirit yet I pray God that today would be their day 
where you take residence up in their heart once and for all. And the taking a stand in life would become taking a seat. Our full weight on you, trusting in you. <laughs> like the most epic trust fall ever. Knowing that you have us in the palm of your hands, the loving Father, the gracious Son, and the ever-present and powerful Spirit. We love you. We bless you. Hear our praises. Hear our prayers. Make us a dependent people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wow, what a beautiful morning, guys. Um, yeah, just so in awe of everything from, I'm gonna, we're closed, but soft close. The team set up everything in like 45 minutes, didn't rehearse it, like at, at, at anything. Like there's, a, there's a, a, a piece of God depositing this in us as a church already, I'm like depending on him, and I'm just thrilled. So love you, beautiful morning. Go get your kids, <laughs> hug each other. If anybody needs prayer, I'd love to pray for you this morning. And yeah, know that you're loved. God bless you.